We change people's lives when we help them say yes to the right things. Tommy Hopkins, number one. Number one sales trainer in the world is here with you today. Five million people. He's helped shape the life of. You've got the likes of Tony Robbins, this guy, that guy that's coming to your house today and trying to teach you what to do. Well, this guy's the daddy of them all. He's taught them all. So take some notes, pay attention, and have a ball. I had an awesome time. Tommy changed my life when I was 18 years old. He gave me all the tools, the techniques, and the number one thing I'll share with you during this podcast as well that's helped me make the life that I have today, that I feel great about, that I feel that I'm leading the most authentic life for myself. And Tommy helped me do that, right? And I hope you get as much out of it as Tommy does. Come on, let's get straight into it. I won't hold us up. I'm Rose Singh. Welcome to The Leadership Show. Welcome to The Happiness Platform. Get your pen and paper out. Take some notes. Share this with the people that you love most. Let's get into it. Here he is. Here he is. Hey there. <laughs> Hi, buddy boy. <laughs> wow, hey. We had it all hooked up on a wrong computer, which we love that technology. <laughs> you got to love the technology, right? <laughs> Welcome, Tom. Wow. Well, good to be with you. Let me turn this thing off. Yeah, man. Take your time. So tell me, Sal, what's going on? Wow, I tell you what, man, I'm totally excited. I don't think, I feel like a little kid. I, I normally don't get too excited with, uh, with our guests and all that, and I'm quite a quenimous kind of guy. But uh, you, sir, you're different, right? You're very different. You're someone I've quoted many, many times, and you got into my life, and another really good friend of mine's when we were just 18 years old selling insurance to guys like you and I, right? Because that's oh, the... That's that's the only job we could get, Tom, right? <laughs> and, you know, I haven't got the checks on all the... Uh, <laughs> I've been looking in the mail. It hasn't arrived yet. And where are they? They just must be caught up. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll end up here, I'm sure. They will, they will. So thank you so much. Uh, how have you been? It's great to see you. You know, I wanted to go to... I remember when I was very young, I got all your... CDs and books, and, and I memorized all the 12 closes and practiced and drilled and rehearsed. Oh, and I love that. Geez, the closing ratios went sky high. I couldn't accept uh, you know, anything less than 100%, and so the referrals started coming in. Used, and you know what, Tom? I've used that across multiple global organizations, apart from my own businesses. And people say, hey, hey Ro, how can you take this mega conglomerate that's been around for 100 years doing 700 million and, and turn them into 2 billion within a couple of years. Because they had all the basics, they had everything there, but they just didn't convert, right? Yes. And so yes. using your skills, geez, you should be taking commission on everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to Scottsdale, Arizona. Thank you so much and good to have you here with me in sunny Sydney. I hear it's paradise there. Yeah, it really, in fact, the name of our city is Paradise Valley. Wow. Yeah, wow. that's the city in Scottsdale, Paradise Valley. And it really is a fabulous place. 
But I do have to tell you, you know, you Aussie rascals, I tell you, good on you, mate. I love <laughs> you guys. <laughs> You've been out here a fair bit, right? Oh, yeah. Every 18 months for almost 30 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I had a lot of wonderful times and, and you know, just loved your country and in fact, I had the first seminar at Darling Harbor when they opened up their big convention center, and uh, Adelaide's like yes. going back in time. <laughs> and Perth, of course, is San Diego turned upside down. Yes. So, yeah, no, it's just been—it was a wonderful time with uh, you Aussies. I, I swear, uh, they were one—they're wonderful people. Well, Tom, welcome to the Happiness Platform. Welcome to the Leadership Show. I don't say it. I don't think I've ever said it on the show before, an idol of mine, someone who's helped shape my life, shape millions of lives. As a matter of fact, Tom, you have had something like four to five million people go through your seminars. Now, I can't think of rock stars who've done that, right? <laughs> okay. your, your book, The Art of Selling, wow, I still have audio versions. You know, it's, it's something that, I'll get you to talk about it, but I'll, it's something that I feel every child needs to learn, okay? Not because they're going to grow up to become great salesperson. People, yes, they can do that. But it shapes their social ability, particularly now in an age where people are glued to their handsets, glued to their iPads, etc. Their social interaction skills are not so good. And also, for instance, in dealing with things like getting no's in their life, right? So making them stronger and realizing that, hey, it's just a number and I'm stronger than that. I've got all these other skills to persuade people to see my view because perhaps I haven't done the right type of persuading to let them know or giving them the right examples, right? Exactly. <laughs> that they need to know. So, Tom, I'm delighted. There's, there's that element of it. And I want to also touch on how when parents and business leaders and salespeople and just even someone running the finance department, when they get these skills, how it makes them a better leader, right? They can articulate better, they can present better, they don't hold the you know, fear of holding information back for power, things like that. So Tom, if we can get stuck right into it, can you give us a, a quick story about yourself? So those few who don't know, you know get, get an idea, and those who do, get reminded of what you're about. Well, Roel, thank you. And first of all, congratulations on your tremendous success and how many companies you have built and helped. And, you know, that's the thing. I, I've always been called a builder of champions. And when I looked at what you've done, you sure fall right into that structure of the builder of champions. But let me start off by saying, you know, I really was not a successful student in school. I wasn't good in college. I only made it three months. So I don't have an education. And luckily, uh, after carrying steel as an iron worker, I found selling in real estate. And fortunately, I also did something that people have to do. They have to find, as you have, mentors. These are people that you don't only really have confidence in. These are people who have earned the right for you to respect them. People that you will not only listen to, but you'll do like you've done with my teachings. You'll take them, internalize them, and share them with others. 
which obviously that's what you have done to build the tremendous businesses that you have and the company you have. So it's an honor to be on your program and to talk with you, share these ideas. And, but I will say this, I have had a universal goal of trying to tell everybody that I don't care what you do in life, if you understand the total fundamentals of selling, in a way, everyone is in sales. Parents who end up with good kids may not even know it, but as they become great adults, they did some selling in the way they persuaded the children to become a person. Great marriages who last 50, 60, 70 years, those two in a way were selling to keep the other person involved and happy and staying married. Great leaders, and I'll never forget, in our country, the Chrysler Company many years ago was in real trouble, in fact, almost going bankrupt. And Lee Iacocca, as chairman of the board, got on a plane and started everywhere he went selling those people on we're not going out of business. Now Chrysler is one of our strongest, finest companies. And here again, it was done by selling. So I think as we start our time together, if people, and there are people who don't even like selling, don't even want to think of themselves as salespeople, who are turned off at the thought of selling, and that's primarily because either they had a bad experience with someone selling them, or they never grasped the fundamentals of the art form, if they'll open their minds during our time and say, you know what, I am going to open my mind to the fact I can persuade, convince, help people make decisions, sell them on what's right, and in doing so, they win, I win, their companies win, and in a way, when you are selling properly, you are creating a win-win relationship for everyone. Tom, I'm glad you, you concluded that um, statement with win-win. And, and this is the, the thing. A lot of people think great salespeople are into trickery, they're into this and that. But you and I both know the fundamental, the fundamental principle of champions is honesty. The yes. fundamental principles is based around doing the right thing, right? And that's why people get attracted to them. That's why they invite them into their homes and their businesses and give referrals to other people, etc. Can you talk about the importance of that? Just in case someone comes along and thinks, hey, I'm going to attend one of the teachings of Tom and what Rose talking about. And they think, oh, yeah, I'm going to just go away and, and, and pull the wool over someone's eyes. Can you t talk about how that is that never works out? I mean, from my experience, that has never worked out, right? Can you talk about doing the importance of doing the right thing, please? Well, I really believe that the reason my business, eight years full-time in real estate, grew to where after my fourth year, I never had time to prospect because so many people sent their friends to me, referred people to me. And I really believe there are fundamentals of building that type of relationship. And one of them is what you've mentioned. First of all, you are not an overpowered aggressive, pushy, you're just the opposite. I've built long-term relationships with all my clients. And what's so funny, as an example, I had a big program in San Francisco a while back, 
and a man came up at the break, and I was autographing some books, and he said, Tom, I just want to tell you that I want to thank you for what you did for me in 1968. Now, that's before many of the folks watching this were even born. Just but a little, Tom, just a little. <laughs> in sales. And anyway, he said, I came into your real estate office. My wife and I wanted to rent a home, had no intentions to purchase. And you were so nice and gentle, but convinced us that you should consider buying instead of renting. And you had a couple properties, very low down payments. You showed us a property. We bought that property. Now, that was, again, almost 40-some years ago. But we sold that home. We paid 18500 for it. We sold it for over 400000 it's the largest part of our retirement thanks to you refusing to take no to purchasing. Now this is the real life that we live. We change people's lives when we help them say yes to the right thing. And my business became totally 100% referrals primarily because people knew that I would not hurt them I would tell them the truth, build it on honesty and ethics, which we're needing today, and of course, make sure I kept in touch. And I had many people, bro, that bought four or five homes over my career from me and referred aunts, uncles, kids, because I've had a philosophy, if you love people and use money, instead of using people and loving money, You'll build a reputation that people will send people to you, and that's how I live today. Most of my seminars, folks have referred people. I have managers say, I brought 10 of my people. I was brand new in sales. I knew nothing. I took your techniques and built my business, and today I have this company making millions of dollars. See, that is the payment to a teacher. When students of the teaching prosper, and then help you meet others that will prosper as well. That's fantastic, Tom. And which, which leads me to what kind of people are best suited to sales? You know, and why? Why do people choose sales? It's, 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 it's an area I remember going in away from my own business early on and then going to the corporate life. There was no hiding, Tom. There was measurements on every single day, every single week, every single month, every quarter. And if you didn't hit one of those three times in a row, you're gone, okay? Right. So talk about resilience, talk about stress, talk about building that character to always be improving, etc., and be always on the go where you break the plan down to the ridiculous where you know exactly how many people's contacts do I need to have, how many phone calls do I have to make, how many appointments, how many presentations, how many sales, how many referrals. That type of thing, Tom, has served me, for instance, in planning the most strategic moves on organizations globally, right? So if you're going into 150 different countries, if you use that same type of planning discipline, it works in everything. So talk to me about, because sales has not always had, and sometimes it doesn't have still, you know, the right way that people look at it. They still look at it in some ways, oh, I'm going to get tricked because they, 
as you said, they may have had a bad experience. So what type of people do really, really well? I mean, what type, why people choose careers in sales? When, uh, you know, as you know, it's, it's a high-pressure job, or can be. Well, let me start off by saying, and this is a very deep subject, but we have to look at two things, temperaments and personalities. Mm. And there are extremes in that temperament and personality phase. And let me start talking about the extremes. We have the interesting extrovert as an extreme. Then we have the other extreme as an interested introvert. Now, the interesting extrovert, just by the name interesting extrovert, is outgoing, talkative, charming, witty, backslapping. People love to just kind of hear them talk. And those are the ones that gravitate naturally into the field of sales because they were born like this and people when they were young say, God, you ought to be in sales. You are so talkative. You are so fun. So that's the interesting extrovert. On the other extreme is the interesting introvert. Now the interesting introvert based on their title is interesting in other people. They're somewhat introverted. They come across with humility. They're sensitive. And they're willing to let the other person talk. They're great questioners, excellent listeners. Now, the, the thing is, the interesting extrovert believes they should be in sales. The interested introvert is terrified about thinking they will sell. But over the years, I have found that if I can take the interesting introvert and calm them down to be more like an interested introvert, they'll do better. And if I can take the interested introvert and move them towards being more of an interesting extrovert, then you suddenly have a great salesperson. Because if I had a choice of two people, Interesting extrovert, talkative, somewhat outgoing, ba 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 ba. Interested introvert, shy, humble, question asker, listener. I'll take the interested introvert, definitely, and I'll teach them what to say and do, and make them better at sales and closing sales and making money than the interesting extrovert. Does that make any sense? Hundred percent, hundred percent, totally makes sense. And, and, you know, I think, um, you know, being interested, right? It was a Dale Carnegie, sorry, which goes way Could back. Be. Right? Yeah. You know, and I know you talk about it a great deal and you have for a long time. And I, people say to me sometimes, how come, bro, you have so many friends, so many people want to hang out with you, they want to spend time with you. And why is it that you remember everything? You remember my name, my uncle's name, my daughter's name, their birthdays. It's quite simple it's about as you said you've got to really be interested if you're interested it's easy to remember and easy to listen right that's right and but if you're always trying to put a point forward you actually lose the power after a while because people oh, stop listening right <laughs> so, excellent yeah yeah Tom talk to me about leaders because you would have seen gosh I can't even put a number on how many leaders and what makes, and I think, you know, of course, what we've been talking about here is a key part of it. What makes a brilliant, brilliant leader, particularly 
in increasing revenue and sales? Well, you know, one of the things I've always done, Ro, is whenever I am near anyone who is something I'd like to become, a person I'd like to emulate, I have always spent time, if possible, asking them questions. And on this tour that I've been on for many years, I've had time alone with Barbara Bush, with President Bush. I spoke after President Bill Clinton the first time he came out of office. And so I'm alone with these people. Margaret Thatcher, I had a wonderful time with her. And these people, just those few, yes. were considered great leaders. Yes. Margaret Thatcher, the first wow. woman in her wonderful responsibility. Bill Clinton, one of the greatest, I think, presidents we ever had. And so when I'm alone with these people, I literally, because see, I have the right, because I'm on the stage with them, to ask them questions and be alone with them. And I would say to them, what do you think some of the reasons are that you've achieved what you've accomplished? And these folks give me ideas about leadership. And, you know, leadership is an art form of selling others to follow you. And if you're not being followed, you're not a good leader. And so the key is how many people listen to you, follow you, want to take your advice, listen to the things you have to say, and, and leadership is an art form, but it's a way of selling others on your beliefs, your convictions, the reasons you do what you do. And I watched Barbara Bush, a beautiful woman, uh, as far as her overall, she would walk out on the stage row, and she, as you know, she's a rather large, rotund woman. And she didn't have a podium like we all did. We had these big podiums with our microphone. She just wanted a, a stand, little thin stand, with the microphone. And she'd walk out on the stage after a thunderous standing ovation, and she'd stand in front of this little stand with her mic on it. And she'd look out and she said, well, I, I'm so happy to be with all of you, and I, I hope that this stand is not blocking your view, which based on her being so big, everybody in the audience would laugh and laugh. And it was a way within 10 or 20 seconds of being humble in her spirit, making fun of her rotundness, and everybody just, of course, we loved her anyway. But I watched Bill Clinton do the same thing, how he would almost reduce himself ego-wise to humility about who he was. And I really believe that successful people have a humble spirit. Uh, I meet so many people that are financially well-off, they have the big cars and homes and all that, but they're very, very egotistical. Mm. And I think humility is one of the strongest qualities in life when you're a humble spirit and you realize your talents have been given to you, I always say, by God. So you've got to be thankful and never, ever look down on anyone. Uh, I've had so many examples where I've met people who have nothing 
and I send them, they can't afford a book, a $25 book. And I feel their feelings, their love, and I send them a book and even a yellow highlighter so they can underline. Yes. And a year or two later, all of a sudden I'll either get a letter or a call and they say, yes, I'm now working for this company. I'm making lots of money and I'm studying every day your book. It's changed my life. What a way to live changing others' lives because of the way you can teach. Wow, Tom. I mean, you've absolutely, absolutely, I've got goosebumps, but you're absolutely nailed it. And I do a lot of work around following your nature, okay? Around doing your work as if it's thy duty, right? So I've been fortunate and blessed enough to have had really awesome roles within brilliant organizations. There's always this inkling to give back more, right? And hence we went down the path that we're on. And I was going to ask you because I couldn't truly know why, but you've just answered it in terms of the longevity of your success and why, you know, people continue to turn up, people continue to talk about you and so many people credit their lives in terms of not just their sales success, not just their career success, Tom, but in terms of their actual lives. Because it really allows you at one particular point just to be able to look at yourself and laugh. I remember that was one of the key things I learned. It was the ability to laugh at yourself because when you're young, you're aggressive, you want to be number one, you know, you take everything really seriously, right? But then when you... When I learned that and was able to just absolutely have a great laugh at myself, everything changed. You become much more relaxed. There's a lot less stress. You go about doing your duty and enjoying every single moment. You know, that dreaded phone call, that dreaded email, you start to enjoy it because it comes well, from the right you know, place. And what's, what's interesting, Ro, is when I taught these those attitudes towards failure, you know, number three is I never see failure as failure, but only as an opportunity to develop my sense of humor. Well, that is really what rejection does if you have a game with it. They're not rejecting me. It's timing or proposal, whatever. But I'm going to laugh, and the sense of humor is so important. Yes. Recently, I did a program for a big company, and I'd spoken to them many, many times. So they said, come for an evening dinner and have fun with us. So I have had a hobby role of collecting humor. See, some people collect coins yes. or stamps. I started collecting jokes many years ago. I have thousands. Okay. And I took my best 10 jokes. Yeah. I had 20 minutes of nothing but laughter. <laughs> I had these people almost wetting their pants, <laughs> falling off of their chairs. Yes. Because the jokes were not only fun, clean, of course, but they brought this laughter. And, and I will say the folks now listening to me are us. Humor and laughter, it, biblically it says, laughter is like medicine to the bones. Which means people, I think, get well faster if they're sick by finding humor and laughter. I think people live longer now look at George, George Burns, our great comedian, lived to a hundred. Bob Hope, who I spent many times with, 
these people, their whole life was nothing but making people laugh. And one day I was on a plane with Bob Hope, who was our great comedian. Oh, and I said to him, I said, you know, Mr. Hope, I, as you know, I'm in sales training. He goes, hey, we're all in sales. If they don't laugh at what I say, I didn't make a sale. And I thought, golly, there's an example of someone who no one would think is selling, but said, if I didn't make them laugh, I didn't make a sale. So there's that mentality that we're all, in a way, in selling. And it's not only a great thing. Our country of free enterprise, capitalism, Australia, where you can go out and make as much as you want. You're not controlled as some societies where you can't make more than anyone. And many controlled societies, uh, they had a goal to make everyone equal and they all are equally poor. Where our countries, we have a right to make a lot of money, have a lot of fun, and it's okay to fail, it's okay to succeed. And what a great place to live. It's free, isn't it? The free spirit. And that's wonderful. Any, anyone that's imprisoned in any particular way, Tom, you know, and it just, it just ruins lives. Even in free societies, in free societies in particular, people get influenced too much by the wrong things or the wrong information. Where if you take 20 minutes a day and you, you know, just improve yourself with the right techniques, overcoming certain anxieties that you may have by putting into practice plays over and over and over again, even if it be just practicing with someone and then trying it out, how much does it improve lives? People don't have to take no's the first time. You know, they, they can go, maybe I just didn't present that the right way. Maybe I ill-informed that person. Like, if you didn't persist with that couple who came back and sold their homes for $400,000 years later and were able to have a decent retirement... If you'd just given up the first time, I mean, how would, you know, I mean, you may or may, may not remember, but if you'd seen him again on the street, you would have thought, oh, geez. But now you talk about it proudly, right? Yes, exactly. And that's the great thing in life of selling, that if you love your product and you believe in it, which I, I try, people call me sometimes or write me and say, you know what, I'm getting fired from my job or I'm going to leave my company. I want to do sales, where can I make the most money? I always tell them, say, don't look at what you make, look at what you love. Because I believe you sell best that which you really love. And the money will follow your love of the product and the service you give to others. And I try my best, Ro, to tell people, take that big dollar sign, which we all want, fine, money, but make that dollar sign a yet an S in the word service. Mm -hmm. Give more service to others, and the money will become a byproduct of what you do for other people. How and that's why the wealthiest people I know have helped more people become wealthy, and that's how they got there. By helping, by helping. You know, it's it's you, we see this all around, Tom. We see this all around. I had a I had an issue the other day where, you know, I, I bought this couch many years ago and I, you know, I hardly used it and I came back and started using it and it just didn't feel right. The cushion sunk and when they sold me the couch, it said 10 years service, 10 year guarantee, it'll be great. 
And I, I've got a pretty decent memory, and so I thought about that. I've got a pretty decent filing system. I went and had a look, and I'm 10 years. I don't think it's been 10 years. It's been seven and a half. I put on, <laughs> I'm a bit heavier, 100 kgs. Yeah, I can understand it'll sink. But hold on, it says 10 years. <laughs> anyway, they're going to come out. It's good service. At first, they thought he was five, but I pointed out, here's a certificate, 10 years. So they're going to come out, and uh, they will... Uh, <laughs> Have a look and hopefully service that for me. <laughs> Mate, can we talk about something that I'm, uh, I look out for? Because I have, I don't know how many resumes have come across my desk over the years. I always look out for it, but I have never once seen this. And this is a great opportunity to take your material, for instance, and turn it into a degree, a recognized degree at universities, a PhD should be written on this stuff, okay? Um, why, I mean, you may know of some schools, I think there's one or two that, you know, does offer a, a master's in sales or something like that, but over here in Australia, there, is, there isn't any. Can you tell me why you think that's the case? And should they well, offer you know, that's, this? Well, that's a great subject. Uh, uh, I, there's a man named John Hawes who is one of the leaders of a college in Ohio and he took my training maybe 30, 25 years ago and they have an actual course which now has expanded to numerous colleges where you can get credits to learn the art of selling and of course knock on wood I'm blessed that my book How to Master the Art of Selling is used as the training tool but this is a course with accreditation on marketing and sales and so again we are having this happen in our country because there's a lot of young people like I was that don't want to go into engineering don't want to go into the nine-to-five job and had I not found this free floating beautiful thing called sales I would have never accomplished my goals so it's something happening in our country because there's a lot of people that are young that want to be entrepreneurs. They want to own their own company. Correct. They don't want to show a nine-to-five job. And one thing I've learned about entrepreneurs, they'll work longer hours, they'll work harder, not because they have to, because they want to build a career and a business, which I think is you know, what's built our country of free enterprise and capitalism. Thank you so much for being with us. Just a quick little shout out to Populous, you know, the champions in the leadership space, the champions in the high performance space. Please, hope you're taking notes and really use this stuff. It really works. Share it with the people that you love, yeah? Be a giver, okay? Be a giver. Share it. The more you share, the more that comes back to you. And I really appreciate it as well. Let's get back to Tommy and let's see what makes great lives. What's the role of the salesperson in terms of keeping organizations ahead of the game? Because obviously they're in touch with customers every single day, so they can figure out what clients want, etc. Well, high technology has been a blessing and also a curse. Yes. It's a blessing because a person can make more contacts, can have a better uh, impact technology-wise. But I watched over the years so many people rely on it 
that they avoid the personal contact of meeting more people. And I always will believe that you can use technology as a tool, but it can't replace getting out and meeting people, following up on companies, making calls to set appointments. I mean, in other words, we are in the people business. That's what we're all in. We're not in sales as much as the people business. And that really only works if you find a way to contact more people, not by sitting and hiding from the fear of rejection at a desk with a computer, but saying, I'm putting my ego on the line and here's my territory. This is where my company needs to market my product. I am going to find a way to meet the people in this area so that I can create a relationship. And I have always believed that people that are out there in the people business must be willing to put their egos on the line and talk to more people. Now, there's many folks in offices that would rather not do that, of course, because there's not a lot of risk when you're on a computer. There's a risk when you're in front of a human being who could say no. But I have found over the years that the people that get the most no's will end up with the most yeses. So get over the fear and talk to more people. Talk to more people. Maybe I'll get you to really take us through some of your most powerful stuff I love. Stuff that people really relate to, such as the importance of nonverbal rapport. You know, the tone, the pauses, the speed, the volume, how we pronounce things. And then, of course, how we position ourselves as far as our physical language is concerned from our body language perspective. Would you mind sharing some of your brilliance with us on that, Tom, please? Well, let me start off by saying, first of all, that it's very difficult for a person to become disciplined if they have never had discipline. In other words, I'm starting with this because we talked about children. Yes. And I believe that self-discipline comes from being disciplined. And that was my situation. Uh, I had a great father, but in a way, you know, he was a disciplinarian, which I'm thankful for today. I wasn't at the time. But I will say this to the folks listening, that if you have never been disciplined, you may have a challenge becoming self-disciplined. And so you may want to look into that as a research project. How do I take the 86,400 seconds I have every day and make them productive by being disciplined? And one of the things I find is that the folks that I've learned over the years do the best they have an ability to control their emotions to where they cope with crisis, they handle failure, they get knocked down but don't stay down, they get up. And they're self-motivated, which again is a whole nother subject of how do you become a motivated person. And all of the things we're talking about in this little instant of time that we have together are things that can be learned. Uh, I, I, I really totally believe that there are people that have learned everything we want to know and can teach us if you become an avid student of the art of success, of happiness, of goal setting, of self-image increase, of overcoming the past, living in the present.
and, and not dwelling on what's negative, but always being positive. I mean, I could go on and on because there's so many things that hold people back, and most of it starts with our thinking. Because the thoughts we have in our mind, almost moment to moment, create feelings that then create emotions and then end up actions. And many of the people that aren't successful have negative actions because of it starting with thoughts. So, and I'll never forget many years ago, I, I took a young man with my office to a big convention and it was, I think, Norman Vincent Peale, one of our great American people. And he got up and he said, at this moment, you are and will become that which you think about most of the time. Well, the young guy next to me nudged me and he said, Tom, I think I'm turning into a woman. And I said, no, that's not what you mean. <laughs> which was a funny bit. <laughs> but it was also kind of clever that he, he grasped the concept mm -hmm. of thoughts become things. And I think the first key to success is to start thinking like the person you wish to become. And, and, and actually taking your thoughts. I, I had rituals for years, Ro. I would stand in front of the mirror in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I would look in the mirror and say, Today, you'll meet the right people at the right time and place for the betterment of all. Today, you will be happy and people will see and feel your joy. Today, they will know you care more about them than making the sale. And I would go through these rituals. You know, I'm alive, I'm awake, and I feel great. Because, see, salespeople have to be like great athletes. Athletes, before hitting the competitive field, football, baseball, basketball, most of them have rituals. Some of them talk to themselves, others hit each other on the pads in football. They get adrenaline pumping, they get excited. Well, I think people in business need to do the same thing. We got to psych up every morning, put on the armor, if you will, of handling the pain and crisis we might go through today, but then keeping our attitudes, because attitude is everything. I can guarantee you the attitude you keep on a daily basis will determine the altitude you climb in this flight to success. Yes, yes. that's a brilliant point. Brilliant point, Tom. This, 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 these affirmations, these um, the self-talk you're talking about, you know, I, I talk a lot about it, about it and I share these uh, techniques with young people in particular who are saying, hey, I'd really like to become that and I really think I can, you know, but... So I ask them, how do you actually convince yourself? I mean, how do you want expect people to like yourself if you don't actually like yourself, right? How do you expect to find love when you haven't awakened that love within you, you know? How do you expect people to care about you when you aren't caring about them, right? So the best way to do it is, you know, is look in the mirror and you're not gonna like lying to yourself. So if you say it enough times, you're gonna yes. believe it and start acting it, right? <laughs> yes, repetition is the mother of learning. <laughs> and it's so important to start repeating this stuff. 
Yes. You know, in the beginning, it sounds kind of silly, but to say things, and in most of my books, I have a page of what I call assumptive affirmations that are repeated in the morning. Because the, the morning is when you start your day. I believe two habits I would love the folks right now listening to us to do. Number one, take five minutes before you go to sleep and mentally go back from the moment you woke up in the day all the way through to now and remember who you said you'd do things for, what you committed to, and write down any promises you made, and then take a piece of paper and write down an order of priority, the six most important things you must do the next day. Start with both your family and realize all of your goals in writing have to include family, loved ones, children, and you have to, I think, also realize that we have th four areas of our lives we want to continue to work. Financial independence, that's a goal we must set. How am I going to make enough money to, at a certain age in time, where I live off the money my money makes? Number two, emotional stability. How will I cope with crisis today? How will I change any negativity into positivity? Three is physical fitness. I'm going to take care of my body today. I'll have some exercise regimen, but I'll also be in balance and in moderation in my eating and drinking habits. And then, of course, uh, spiritual fulfillment, which is another important part of my life, where you search for, hey, I'm going to be dead a lot longer than I'm alive, so I better figure out what's going to happen, which just makes a lot of sense, which you agree. So if you, if you get your life together financially, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, you'll probably end up as a totally fulfilled human being. And you'll enjoy your golden years not only in dignity, but you'll have other people want your advice, which is kind of neat. Yes, definitely. That's that's brilliant, Tom. That is really, really brilliant. There's so much there, and the earlier people learn that, I just think the better. The last one, you know, I talk about it quite freely um, in terms of spirituality, or what I call the fourth stage of consciousness. You know, is the importance of being connected to the soul. Right. And today, it's there's so much out there which is about if it's to be i'm going to do it i could it's all up to me which is all great as far as putting actions in place but geez belief and faith goes a long way you know oh amen you know and you know what's so funny that what i've learned over the years too ro is these people we put on stages we put on pedestals these people like norman vincent peel these people like the great ones, they all get all the material trappings, then realize that's not going to make me happy, and then suddenly they realize there's more to it, and you have no idea how that spiritual fulfillment is the main thing now that they got everything else. And so again, I'm glad, you know, most, most people in our businesses don't even want to get near the subject because it's a personal value subject but I feel in fairness to the folks listening they need to realize that that is also part of the growth cycle and to get rich and sick is stupid 
<laughs> and to not have an awareness of eternity is also stupid. So, gosh, we hit some great points, my dear friend, Ro. Oh, wow, Tom. I've had, I've had such, a, such a ball chatting with you. I think we need to do a lot more together, which we will. Um, you know, Tom, I'm, I feel like I've known you forever because you have been part of my life. Now, I hope, you know, you'll remember this stuff and I hope to do a lot more together um, and hopefully in Sydney soon as well. Okay. Now, Tom, I, I do want to ask you something that, that, that just turns my stomach, okay, at times. It's wonderful that, you know, you touched on the entrepreneurs. It's wonderful, wonderful. We've got so many entrepreneurs coming through. But what I see a lot of out there is information passed around fake it till you make it, okay? And look, I can see the benefit in it sometimes, okay, where you, you convince yourself. But unless you have what you talked about, the discipline to execute on that and you do it from the right place in terms of taking care of other people, it can really turn uh, sour for a lot of people. Do you want to just comment on that, in particularly around entrepreneurs and people wanting to do things for themselves in terms of, just as a summary of what we spoke about, what are the fundamentals to being successful and really living a fulfilled gorgeous life that you can be proud of and go to your deathbed with just you know a whole deal of peace well i will say this success is a practice not for a season but for a lifetime and those that are successful work daily to improve themselves and they also realize that i can be better every day if i commit to not only getting more positive thoughts but also to develop better actions in my life. And bottom line, if you will live by the famous old trident golden rule where you treat everybody the way you'd like to be treated, that one foundation is so fundamentally sound for a long-term life of happiness and success. And I've tried my best to, in every relationship, treat these people. I don't care if they're a janitor in a hotel. I don't care if they're the maid cleaning my room. I don't care if they're the limousine driver driving me somewhere. I'm going to make their life better for the few minutes we spend by not only asking them questions, but really letting them know that, you know what, you're important. I care about you. And that to me has been such a wonderful life of making people feel important. And that's something I've tried my best to do. You know, I've gotten into limousines where the man I could tell was down and had a bad day. And you could feel by his overall feelings. And I would say, hey, you know what? I just got a feeling that you need someone to talk to. And luckily we don't know each other. So I'd love in our 30 minutes of the airport to have you share with me what might be something I could help you with. And it'll be between us, and I am a person that does this, and that's what I'm here for in the seminar. And so, hey, can we talk about something? And I've had people open up. I had one man cry like a baby because he had no one to talk to. And he and his wife were suffering a tragic divorce with his children. And after 30 minutes, it was like he was on a couch, letting me listen 
and we got to the hotel, he hugged me. His eyes were filled with tears. He said, you have changed me today in this 30 minutes. See, that's better than any payment financially. Agreed? 100% Tom, 100, 100%, 100%. I could not agree more, you, go, you know, I, I feel it. And Tom, you know, the thing is, I can tell you some of my fondest memories have been like when I've been in Mumbai at Juhu Beach, and I'm just talking to people who are carrying rocks on their heads while they've got their babies in their arms to make a living. And everyone, not, not, not many people talk to them because, you know, they're, they're, they're down there working in the streets. And I've had some of the best conversations. It's not what I gave them, and they love that lifted their spirits, but it's what they gave me back, you know, that, that makes me keep doing that. And that's why, you know, people often, as I've mentioned earlier, comment, oh, why is it that when you go everywhere, people are surrounding? It's because I'm totally care, and I, and, I, and I really enjoy getting as much from these folks as anyone else in my personal inner circle, you know. On that note, Tom... I just want to thank you, my friend, and we're going to do a lot more together. Um, I'm, you know, Tom's new book. I read it cover to cover. <laughs> Thanks for sending me a signed copy, Tom. Hey, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to be shameless, and I'm going to ask you for something, my friend. I want two row, my friend, the artist selling signed by the great Tom. Can I, I need that? I need that to see you on my desk. I will get that to you this week, Ro. Thank <laughs> you, my friend. And Thank you, Tom. And what you do for other people. You are a blessing to so many. And you're a blessing in my life now. Thank so you. So we'll do stuff. Yes. Thanks, Thank you, Tom. Friend. Thank you so much, man. I'll talk okay. to you soon, okay? All right. Take care, buddy. Take care, my Bye friend. Bye now, Tom. Bye. So Tom Hopkins, what a man. Five million lives has changed. I hope you picked up a couple of things from Tom today. Put it into use and believe me, if it's wealth you want, if it's happiness you want, if it's just great communications with your family and friends you want, you'll get it. But again, it's about parking our egos and putting these things into practice. I'll be with Tom where we'll take this knowledge and we'll be sharing it with some of his own people, some more Americans out there. Hey, so. Get on his site, check him out. He's got this this man's got some amazing knowledge bombs. And again, share it with as many people as you can, particularly those that you love. If you've got children, teach them early in terms of the art of persuasion, right? In terms of how to communicate properly, in terms of getting the messages outright and getting more people to say yes, yes, yes to their ideas and their concepts and their proposals and watch them flourish. Watch yourself flourish. I'm Ro. Thanks to our sponsors at Populous, the guys that make the difference as far as leadership and performance is concerned. Changing culture so that people thrive in life, thrive at work rather than be inundated with anxieties and restlessness. I know you want that. Be mindful of what we're talking about and implement it into your own life. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, send me a comment if you like. If you haven't already subscribed, subscribe and I'll shoot you across a couple of videos, two or three videos that others haven't seen. I'm Rose Singh and I can't wait till you check out the rest of this series.
uh, where we've got 13 of the world champions here with you. Take care. Talk to you soon.